together with God's family. I love it. I love the interaction. I love the encouragement. And as Reuben said, I got blessed already this morning with Dave's word and with Reuben's word around communion. I'm ready to go home. Um, but anyway, um, thank you so much. And look, our theme for, the, for April, as Reuben said, is this theme of I am. And uh, there's lots of, a number of I am statements in the scripture. And, uh, and I want to just, you know, ask this question this morning. Why would we preach and teach about the I am declarations? And um, I think there's actually something very powerful um, in these um, I am statements that is really powerful for us. And um, in the Old Testament, we, we notice that when God came and called Moses to this amazing, amazing call to actually lead God's people out of captivity, out of the land of Egypt. Moses has a question and he says, God, they don't really, um, they're not going to really take too much notice of me. So who shall I say sent me? And, and God says to him, Moses, you say to them, I am has sent you. I am has sent you. And uh, that's our Jehovah God, the creator of the universe, the all-powerful one. You know what? God didn't say I was. He didn't say I will be, but he said I am has sent you. And Reuben touched on this in his message on the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life that God is present right now. Right now. Not he will be. Not he was in your situation, but it's now. I am. He is the I am, the right now. In this moment, He is with us. And uh, interestingly, um, in John's Gospel, where we have um, uh, so many of the I am statements of Jesus, Jesus was debating with the Pharisees in John chapter 8. And they were questioning his credentials, questioning his authority, questioning everything about him. And, uh, and they said, are you greater than our father Abraham, who gave us the, who was the, the father of the Jewish nation? And are you greater than, fa than father Abraham? And Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Of course, the Jewish people and the Pharisees didn't like that too much um, because he was basically saying, I am God. When he said, I am, he was identifying himself with the same I am of Exodus chapter 3. And so he caused <laughs> a bit of a riot that day. But in addition to... Um, there's so many mentions of the I am in Scripture, but in John's Gospel, we have at least seven times Jesus says, I am. I am the way, the truth, and the light. I am um, the resurrection. I am the door. I am the vine. Um, and all seven of them. And, uh, you know, I, I would just ask this question, why preach and study on these things? Well, I believe there's awesome things that unlock in our life the more we understand the I am. The I am who is with us, in us, and present around us. 
And I just want to acknowledge Pastor Paul's great message and I am the door. Pastor Reuben on I am the resurrection and the life. And Ian last week on I am the Alpha and the Omega. That was a great word too. So um, we've already had some great um, um, things already this, this time. You know, I just want to comment this morning on this. You know, I, I value being in an environment that puts a high value on the Word of God. I value that very, very much because I know that in these days, we need to be rock solid, anchored in the Word of God. You know what? It's going to take more than a quick read of the Word for today and a prayer on the road to get us through the challenging times that we're living in. We've got to be anchored in the Word. We've got to be rock anchored to the truth of God's Word. We can't live in our emotion. We can't live in our feelings. We've got to live by what He said. And when we anchor into the Word of God, there's a strength that flows into our lives. You know, we have to, each one of us, know who we are as beloved sons and daughters. Uh, Welcome in the courts of heaven. Beloved and favoured of God. We have to know what our inheritance is in this hour. That we have an inheritance that is ours through our connection with the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we can do because we're connected to an all-powerful God. What I am, who I am, what I have, and what is possible. You know, because the, the great that the Jesus is in us, He said that we would do greater things than He had done. And so we want to live in this present reality that right now Jesus Christ is available and able to do whatever needs to happen to bring us into the fullness of His plan for our lives. And when you look over the years, um, I've spent a little bit of giving a little bit of attention to putting the Word of God in my life. And I want to tell you, it's born an incredible blessing in my life. You know what? COVID comes along and I go, oh, this is interesting, but he is my healer. He that raised Christ Jesus from the dead shall also give life to our mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells me. So man, could there's something that God said in the midst of the pandemic that gives me encouragement. First Peter 2.24, that he, on the cross he bore our sins in his body on the tree and by his stripes I've been healed. And I'm able to lay hold of things that God has said. Hey, we're in a period of, have you walked in the supermarket lately and got a shock when you got your bill? You know, the, the, there's price increases happening everywhere. But what? He is my provider. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. And in this times of of challenge, we have to anchor to something more than just, um, we've got to anchor solidly into what God says, because that's where my, our strength comes from. Um, you know what? The Apostle Paul said this. He talked about, in 1 Corinthians um, to chapter 2, he said this. He said, he didn't come to the Corinthian church with the wisdom of men. He didn't come with great speeches he, in fact, he said, I determined to know nothing among you except Christ crucified. Because he wanted their faith to rest in the power of God and not in the wisdom of men. You know, I've heard some great messages in my life. Some great preachers. 
I've been blessed time and time again. But I want to say this, beyond all the great messages I've heard, I found out I have to personally get into that book, put that word in my heart, and anchor my life to what God said. Because in the moments of trial and difficulty, what pastor someone said isn't necessarily your anchor. It encourages you, it helps us, it gives us lots of encouragement, but it's the word we have laid hold of for ourselves that gets us through the storm. It's the word we have planted into our heart that gets us through the storm. And so strength comes. And Paul said that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. When the challenges come, and they come for all of us, they come for all of us, the challenges of life, we must have, I must have a deep conviction that God is good, that I'm a beloved son, that his purposes and plans in my life are for good and not for evil, to give me a future and a hope and to bring me into all that he is for me. And so, saints, I want you to value this environment with the word of God being shared and preached week by week because it gives us the opportunity. It stirs our heart to study and to go dig deeper, dig deeper. The Bereans, it says in Acts, were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they, they studied the Scriptures daily to see what Apostle Paul said, whether it was true or not. Great thing to do, eh? Check it out yourself and see if the Word is truly as it is being spoken to you. I've spoken to speak on Jesus, I am the vine. I am the vine. And... Uh, in John 15, and if we could just have that one up there, please, um, Zedekiah, is, who's on that this morning. Um, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. In John 15, verses 1 to 5, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. As with all of Jesus' I am declarations, he was claiming something that was outrageous to the Jewish people. And I'll tell you why. Because in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 5 and in Isaiah 27, there's some two passages of Scripture. In Isaiah 5, God is sorrowfully lamenting and he uses the illustration over the nation of Israel that they, he talks about planting a vineyard, how he had cleared the rocks and the brambles, and he had given this vineyard every possible type of care, but it had not produced any fruit. And so God was, was disappointed with his vineyard, and he was saying that, um, that this vineyard, because it was unproductive, he was going to break down the wall and, and, 
you know, just not attend to it anymore. But in verse 7 of Isaiah 5, he says this, For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. So, so, so what we see in the Old Testament, again in verse uh, Isaiah 27, there's a very um, good passage which, tell, which tells us that God still had hope for his vineyard, the nation of Israel, even though it hadn't um, brought forth what he had hoped. Um, in Isaiah 27, verse 6, he says, Those who come he shall cause to take root in Jacob, and Israel shall blossom and blood bud and fill the face of the earth with fruit. So he, God had used this analogy of the vine in the Old Testament to talk about the nation of Israel. He described it as his vin, vine, his vineyard. But they had not produced the fruit that he had hoped. And so God was looking forward in Isaiah 27, 6 to a time when the, the, he would fill the face of the world with the fruit of the vine. Amen. So when Jesus says, I am the vine, imagine again the reaction of the Jewish people. Jesus is there saying, they knew they were the vine, but Jesus is saying, I'm the vine. Whoa. No wonder they got upset because here's this person saying to them after all these thousands of years of them believing and knowing they're the vine, I am the vine. I am the vine right there. So John 15, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Um, God was himself now manifest in Jesus Christ and uh, he was orchestrating the events of Christ's life to take him to the cross where he would shed his blood and give his life so that we would have redemption, so that we would be, um, so that we would be brought back into relationship with the Father so that fruit could come in our lives. And, uh, you know, God has grafted us into Christ. We're grafted into the vine and he into us. Verse 2, he said, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So just like an orchard is caring for fruit trees, God is looking for fruitfulness. He's looking for fruitfulness in us. He prunes away the unfruitful areas of our lives and creates space for the life of Christ to be more to the fore. You know, when Christ is in our lives, and He is, you know, this morning, um, we still experience pruning. Have you got any occasions in your life where you know God has done some pruning? I certainly have. I remember, and I may have told this story already, but in my early years in Murray, we're working up in the forestry, got this great job, forestry contract. We, I came from a broke-ass Bible student to being... Um, in the money, you know, in the forestry, uh, work hard there, you can make some money. And we were planting pine trees, um, pruning, thinning, um, and clearing, land clearing, and I was making good money. The Lord said to me one day, if riches increase, don't set your heart on them. And I felt this little check in my spirit. God was speaking to me, son, don't let your attention shift to your bank account. You know, keep your faith in me. 
and I knew God was going to deal with this thing. And one day, sure enough, we had this visiting ministry team in town, and God says, I want you to give them this amount of money. What? <laughs> that was painful. But what God was doing was he was eroding and, and just pruning back something that was growing in my life to center me again to walk by faith and to trust him. I've had a few along the way. I'll tell you pruning experiences. Even though I know Jesus is in me and his life is, is there, God's had to prune some things. Remember the, my little journey into oak furniture. And I think I've mentioned that before here in Excite, how I, I, I wasn't interested in all this chipboard rubbish furniture. I love solid timber. And so I got onto restoring old pieces of oak furniture I was enjoying that so much, but I found myself stopping at every second-hand shop everywhere I went. And um, even if I had to go to Kaiko for a little reason, at least check out the second-hand shops. And so I found something else that God had to come along and prune in my life. So I've experienced this pruning as He is looking for greater fruitfulness in our lives. And um, I love verse 3. It says, you're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Noticing that pruning is not a cleanliness issue. It's a fruitfulness issue. Christ is in us. If we've received that salvation, we are clean. And uh, in verse 4, it says, Abide in me as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. I want to just talk a little bit now quickly about the grafting process. Because, um, you know, orchardists and people who work with um, fruit trees and vines, they have this process called grafting. And what they do is they, they take a, um, a branch of a tree that they want to grow. And it could be a nut tree or a fruit tree or a vine. And they take a cutting and then they, they take a rootstock, which is not the same necessarily the same tree. In fact, it's not the same tree or vine that they're going to graft into, but they take this rootstock and then they take the branch of this other tree or vine they want to grow and they get the rootstock with the roots on it, um, the stump in the ground, if you like, and they make an incision in the bark and then they graft in the vine or the tree they want to grow. And um, what happens is you get a much more productive tree. Like we've got some walnuts at home. We've got grafted and ungrafted. And the grafted ones are amazing. We've got grafted fruit trees, and they're amazing. The ungrafted ones don't produce so well. And so you can have grafted kiwi fruit, grafted all kinds of different grafted um, things you can, you can graft. But what happens is you're cutting off the original tree, taking a different type of tree and grafting it in. And that's exactly what God has done with us. You know, when um, God has taken us, this is what's happened to us through the work of the cross. God cut off the old Adamic life and He grafted us, He took us and He grafted us into Christ. So our rootstock now is not the fall and the failure that comes from the Garden of Eden, but our rootstock now is Jesus Christ. He is the rootstock in our life. And we are the branches. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
And what this does is if you've repented and received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, then you've been grafted in. You've got the connection to the life source of the universe. You've got in, you are connected to this indestructible life of Christ through the work of the cross. And so um, we just need to believe this morning that our life is connected so powerfully to Christ and that, you know, have you ever seen a branch struggling to bear fruit? No, no, no. The branch just stays connected in the vine and automatically fruit will come. The branch is not there struggling, trying to get holy, trying to be fruitful. Don't have to because we're connected to Christ. He is the life source inside of us. And when we see this clearly by revelation, um, it sets us free from the body of sin. The old fallen Adamic nature is not the dominant thing in our life. It's cut off. And now the life and goodness of Christ is able to flow in us. And that's why in Galatians 5, it says that the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. All the things I don't have, <laughs> but I now have because I'm grafted to those. I'm grafted into Jesus Christ and now I'm grafted to the vine. I'm grafted to the vine. And uh, the life that is now in us is the life of Christ. You know, in the early years of my life, I struggled hard to try and deal with some things that were I knew shouldn't be in my life and I struggled and struggled and I couldn't do it. But when I realized I didn't have to, it had already been done at the cross, shifted from trying to believing, shifted from struggling to receiving, shifted from my self-effort to faith to receive, those things fell away. Isn't that amazing? And so faith is the great powerful channel into our lives. Awesome. There's two places in the New Testament where it says that Christ is our life. Romans 5.10 says that when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Saved by His life. Transformed by His life. Empowered by His life. Able to live by His life inside of us. In Colossians, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, you also will appear with Him in glory. Christ, who is our life. No wonder Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You know, this is a powerful, powerful truth that He is the vine and we are the branches. So amazing. So amazing. Jesus is the life source within us. And, and He is everything to us. Do you know, um, I love a little song that, you know, I learned years ago. But it says this. It says, I've found a new way of living. 
I found a new life divine. I have the fruit of the Spirit. I'm abiding, abiding in the vine. Abiding in the vine, abiding in the vine. Love, joy, health, peace, He has made them mine. I have authority, power, and victory. Abiding, abiding in the vine. Everything comes to us through abiding in the vine. This connection. You got it. You've got it. If Christ is in your life, you're connected to this life source that cannot help but over overflow in and through you by faith, just believing the truth of this amazing, amazing truth. When Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches, he was just speaking something so powerful to us. But I also love another song. And I want to encourage you this morning that there's seasons in our life and we all have the challenging times and the difficult times when things are not seemingly working out how they should. And there was one another prophet in the Old Testament, Habakkuk, who said this, Though the fig tree does not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vine, though the produce of the olive fail, and the, be the fields yield no food, though the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. So when the fruit is not coming as quickly as you hope, don't lose heart. Though the fig tree does not blossom and there be no fruit on the vine, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. And that's our response that we can choose in times of trouble and difficulty. Because, you know, I have found a new way of living. I have found a new life, divine, His life. It's a great life. There's Jesus. I want to say this this morning. This is what sets Christianity apart from every other religion. They all depend, other religions depend on your devotion, your commitment, and your effort to attain self-improvement. All their founders died, and they're dead, and you can go to their graves. There's only one empty grave, the grave of Jesus Christ. There's only one empty grave. And when He comes into your life, you're not getting the teachings of a dead religious leader you're getting the resurrection life of the risen Son of God to transform you, to empower you, to fill you with life and hope. Receive Him today as your life, as your victory, as this overcoming source within. Um, I want to encourage you this morning, maybe you are struggling with some things and and they're not working out quite how you hoped. But I want to encourage you this morning. You know, if you will simply receive, and, and Reuben quoted um, Romans 5.17, I think it was, in his message on the resurrection and the life. Romans 5.17 basically says that those who receive the abundance of grace will reign as kings in life. Wow. 
Those who receive the abundance of grace. You know what? It's not the triers and, the, and all our efforts in the Christian life. It's the receiving of the revelation and the understanding that transforms us and enables us to live by faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's why we need the Word of God because it grows faith. Amen. So I'm not trying to be a Christian. I don't have to. He lives inside me and He just comes forth as I continue to believe. And that's so for you today. Whatever your struggle is, if you will simply receive the promises of God at our yes and amen. Everything written in these pages of Scripture is yours, beloved. And if you'll receive it by faith, rejoice and still thank Him when it's not happening, you will come into all that God promises for your life. Isn't that good? Isn't that good news? I didn't give you anything to do this morning except just anchor into this book and receive it into your heart. And that's what we've got to do. That's what all we have to do is receive.